Hello listeners and welcome back to the Total Football Analysis Podcast. I want to wish you all a very happy new year and I hope you had a lovely break with your families and friends. I ate lots of festive food and are now ready for the new year ahead. I'm your host Adam Scully and we have a new series for you all today. The series will be called TFA Scouted and every episode myself and Brian Marquez will pick a new up-and-coming player and head coach each week and go in-depth on them. A verbal scout report if you will. This is the perfect place for you to hear all about a player or manager who we feel will be ones to watch in the future using our tactical and scouting knowledge to tell you about their styles of play. In the first episode, we will be taking a look at Hellas Verona centre-back Isaac Hien, who has had a massive rise over the past few seasons, heading from Vassalund's academy before making a big move to Joe Gardens in the Allsvenskan and helping the Swedish team to reach the UEFA Europa Conference League group phase. His impressive performances in Scandinavia earned him a lovely move to Italy with Serie A club Hellas Verona, where he has once again been showcasing his qualities on a much grander stage. At 23, Hien has all the makings to be a top central defender, and in the debut TFA scouted episode, we're going to be discussing his style of play, strengths, weaknesses, and teams that the centre-back may prove useful for. So without further ado, let's get into it. Ryan, hello. How were how your, your Christmas and New Year celebrations? Adam, I'm very good with, with my family. That's the, the value, I think, of Christmas. So it, it was very good. It was like gold for me this, this Christmas. Yeah, mine, I mean, mine was, mine was pretty decent. I, I, I thought I'd drink more than I did. I didn't really drink, which is <laughs> surprising. I, I just I had to turn me off. I ate lots of food. I ate my whole body weight in food. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. Yeah, we haven't spoken since the World Cup ended. Are you are you are you glad that club football is back now, or do you miss the kind of the daily yeah, slug glad. of matches from Qatar? I'm glad because it was absolutely crazy doing an analysis mm-hmm. <laughs> for the match for one of the matches that was ended the analysis like at three a.m. in the morning. <laughs> it was crazy. I'm glad that club football is back, but I'm more glad that seeing Messi win the World Cup and all that is like the perfect ending for the football fan and more for the South American football fan, you know? Well, I did a tally of everyone's pieces at the end of the World Cup. Guess how many you wrote, Brian? I don't know. I think I wrote like uh, 10, 12. 17. Okay. <laughs> 17 in total throughout oh. the World Cup, uh, Brian Marquez wrote on the Total Football Analysis <laughs> website, which you can actually check out on the new magazine we have released, which uh, compiles every single match analyzed throughout the World Cup in one place. And it's, it's, I think it's quite a, a nice addition for your. And it's free as well. So if you don't want to spend money, it's free. Um, today's podcast, obviously, is about Isaac Hien. And from watching him, he's an incredibly interesting centre half. But first, I want to ask you, Brian, how did you how did you first hear about him? Yeah, I hear about him because I'm always like into different leagues, you know, in the world and in the unknown leagues. And I firstly hear of Johan Banksbo, which I wrote a piece for the website, and then I was looking like for Swedish centre backs and all that because I have to tell. This uh, center back is my favorite position mm. <laughs> and more like a progressive ball playing center back. That is my favorite player on the pitch. So I was looking deep into it. I get into Joe Garden. Like it's a team like want 
their center backs to play very progressive. And there it was, uh, he and, and also Hjalmar Ekdal, but we'll let that to another podcast. But he and just uh, stand out for me because of his ball playing abilities. And not only that, I think he's uh, imposing physics as well to, to defend and all that. It, it's very good. I know what you think of, of his defensive skills, but I really like him in, in, in that aspect as well. Well, one thing that stood out to me the most was obviously for a central defender, his dribbling ability is outrageous. And he <laughs> yeah. almost, he has such an explosive dribble that you would see yeah. maybe with a with a number eight, you know, when it's saying a 43, you were like a Jude Bellingham kind of explosive <laughs> dribbler, but he's a central defender. Yeah. And I, I, I'm kind of, I was blown away almost, but in fact, like, you know, he'll, he'll like wait for the defender to come on to him and he'll push it to one side and he's gone. You're not getting by yeah. because he yeah. uses his body so well to, to almost stop the defender from getting in front of him and I just think for for centre half to have that ability he could yeah. I know he could probably play fullback definitely but obviously he has the, yeah, the physical attributes to play to play as a centre central defender in so so he I think he's only really played as a centre half. Has there in your in your research for him has he played as as a fullback before? Yeah I, I have only seen him playing as a centre back. I think it was one game that he plays as a as a right back but not that going forward, more mm-hmm. like a deep uh, right back with the center back line. Yeah, not going that that forward, but he can. I I I mean, I think that is his best ability on the ball because he's not looking like to progress with the pass more than he does with the dribble. So when mm-hmm. he sees like a free path to run, he's a brilliant player. You're, you what you tell it's. It's true. The use of his body is amazing. He is like very wide and powerful to want to grab the ball and dribble, but it's not like um, like a powerful man running. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, in some moment he's going to fall down <laughs> because <laughs> he doesn't have the balance and all that. He's like he has the composure to dribble players and run, and he's mm-hmm. very fast to run with the ball and bend. And then he, he this kind of dribbling uh, situations, he finishes very, very good with a pass, always yeah. like a through pass to a striker, and that's very good. Obviously, at your garden, with a more favorable like context at his uh, league, because your garden are one of the best teams. You, you can see him doing this more than he does at uh, Hellas Verona, where he is now. But he definitely has the capacities to do mm-hmm. it, and, and and it's massive the way he progressed for his teams from the back. Well, we'll talk about passing in a second, but just sticking with his dribbling, he, I think it's quite an underrated, I suppose, attribute in a player or just in in, in any team. When we talk about bypassing pressure or you know a high press from an opposition, you always talk about trying to play combination passes, whatever toward man runs, and trying to play. Uh, you know, split passes essentially behind the force line of pressure or through the midfield, whatever, to, to bypass the pressure. The, probably the most underrated uh, attribute to beating yeah. a pressure in, of any kind on any in area, any area of the pitch is, is, is dribbling. <laughs> you know, like yeah. if, if the centre forward comes and presses you, he's able to dribble past them into deeper areas. Oh. And then ultimately the, the opposition then push themselves back in a lower block because they know he's after beating his man and he can probably, probably play in behind them. So I think it's a wonderful attribute for a centre-half to be able to dribble so effortlessly. Yeah, it's very good from him. Like, It's not only like he faints with his body and then goes to another side and mm-hmm. then pass the ball. He's going through 
the lines and, and through the uh, thirds of the of the pitch and, and and that is very good and this kind of modern football has evolved to a one that don't want the player to dribble that much but then is Isaac Hien who <laughs> with an strange build because you, you ain't seen like a tough and powerful player driven mm -hmm. like that with that balance and that uh, control of the ball running and he does it really well and it's an underrated aspect but I think a team that will sign for the future, he and or he, if he stays for in his lifetime, I think they are going to love that. The, the managers that want their defenders to escape the pressure, they mm -hmm. will love that attribute from from him. Well, I mean, even this season with Hellas Verona, he is, I think he's averaging sixty nine point two percent. Um, dribble success <laughs> rate, which is so impressive for a central defender, uh, and yeah. I'm sure it was. I know it was much much higher as well at, at um, Joe Garden in the Alfenskan. So it's it's so impressive. But as well with his passing, he has a, a an 86 percent passing accuracy this season with Hellas Verona. I do want to ask you to just staying with Hellas Verona. Do you think the move hindered him or helped him? Because obviously going from the Alfenskan to the, to Syria is a yeah. That's a big jump. See, yeah. seems, it's a big jump, but it seems like a, a, a almost perfect move for him because, yeah, obviously it's still the, the Italian top flight will obviously be much more physical, but he is a very physical player anyway. So you think he would yeah. seamlessly adapt to that? How has his adaptation been to Syria since moving from Sweden? Yeah, he he doesn't have to adapt physically because he's like almost all the centre backs at the league. He's very big. He, I, I think he's like he's not. 190 to like his height, but I think mm -hmm. he's close to that. I think he's very tall and he combines it well with his build. He's 191 that... at the minute, I believe, is what it is. What I, oh, it's 191 okay, centimeters, okay. which is, which so, is yeah, yeah. quite, it's quite very, huge. Very good. Yeah, it's not quite not huge. as tall as me, though, which I'm, I'm very uh, <laughs> proud of, but yeah, it is quite tall. Yeah. And he's, as, as you said earlier, about his balance. Yeah, he has such great balance for quite a big guy, and he's not just that, as you said, he yeah. doesn't just explode into space and fall over like Bambi on mm -hmm. ice. He's he's very he's very good <laughs> at staying on his feet, and you know can dribble past several players at times if he wanted, mm -hmm. albeit very dangerous. And the move for Hellas Verona, I think, uh, for this area, it's a very good player. I, I think that the the how would I get? Yeah, the build of the player, like in general, passing, defensive ability, and all that. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about all that, but when we go with the passing and physical ability, is very good, and I think it fits. He fits to the league, to to Serie. But then the move to the team, like Hellas Verona, at sometimes uh, the context of the team is very poor. They are conceding too much, and. I think it's common to say like a player doesn't fit in a back four, but indeed mm -hmm. he fits in a back three. I think it's totally um, like inverted for Isaacian. I think his uh, defensive ability to stop dribbling players going out wide, mm -hmm. it's not that good. So this kind of uh, back three context for for Hien at Verona, like see him a bit. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but a bit uh, fragile in his search of stealing the ball out wide, doing the coverings because the fullbacks, the wingbacks in this case, goes very uh, yeah. long into attack. But then he has to like 
solve many situations because he's very good and he has to jump these uh, kind of jumps like out of his line uh, mm. to intercept to anticipate passes it's magnificent from him he has very good like intention and reading of the game for when to jump and when to go and cut he he has the technical uh, capacity to tackle the player from behind well, a player that is playing with his back trying to turn him well definitely not turn him <laughs> because mm -hmm. he has like the power and the technique to then uh, like stretch the leg and and uh, steal the ball so the move for verona it's like very good because he's playing at Serie A, but indeed the team context is like not the best for him but uh, a, a scout or a sporting director with good eye and a good department yeah. will definitely see his abilities uh, well, he plays for sweden at the national team and he's very good there in a back four yeah. so in a back four at sweden he plays very very good mm -hmm. and well uh Hellas Verona, obviously, as well. He has Salvatore Pacchetti as his manager, who was a center, central defender for the Italian national team. Yeah. He was centre-half for a, a number of sides in uh, Serie A, of course, such as AC Milan, albeit briefly. But he is he was a centre-half in his day, or a centre-back, sorry, I should, I should say. <laughs> That's my, my, my Irish in the show in there, but centre-back huh. uh, in his day, a very solid centre-back. So I would expect him to improve, certainly, on his defensive side of the game, albeit he still is very yeah. adept defensively. Oh, yeah. He, he he's massive. Like yeah. he can score goals as well, which is which is quite yeah. You know, from yeah. set pieces, obviously yeah. he's such a great asset. From set pieces, yeah. So so on the air, he's very good because of his height, his jump, his power. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't abuse like of the use of the arms, like to push, and then and he doesn't create fouls like going into aerial duels. So that's very good. On the jumps and all that, he's very good. He's timing to tackle, and he sometimes do, does a slight tackle he's good i think his weakness uh on the defensive side of his game style is the one i, I am talking about like in one one v one duels he is not that technical and his footwork is not that fast to stop mm -hmm. players so he's kind of the players like drill past him when he's go he goes wide and all that but when he's playing at a back four he's more like uh, safe and more uh, like the fullback doesn't have the license to go that forward at least at Sweden so he, he's always like his duels and his defensive territory is on the middle when he's mm -hmm. playing in the back four and covering depth behind is very good I think he could be uh, more concentrated on that but, but the thing is he's very fast so he can recover from the through passes and long passes. To well, space. you've seen him play in both a deep and a high line. Which do you think he probably suits better, almost? And I know he is rapid, so he can kind of, I suppose, he, if they are high up the pitch, he can recover. But do you think he's he works better in a deeper defensive line, or would you prefer to see him in a higher line? Do you think he operates better on that? Yeah, I, I think so. That he could play. I don't know what you think of, but I, I mean, de defending the box, he's very good as well. So he could play in a deep block, mm. but then this is the kind of situation that he obviously has to cover, and it could be one v one situations. So playing at a high line, he's very fast, and his passing will be very very good at a high line. So uh, in a team like I don't know Nice from France, it could be 
really good, like a top option for 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 them, and mm. he could definitely uh, be playing on a like rest defense position it in a I don't but know. But he is very aggressive as well, isn't he? So that would suit. Yeah. So obviously, as you said about rest exactly. defense, so when you're say you're playing in the back three and the your two wide centre halves are marking while you're in possession, I suppose, they're marking the opposition centre forward, just as an example. He's so aggressive, he's so quick, he can, you know, jump on those players straight away as soon as possession is overturned. And I know I was looking at stats before that you sent me about his counter-pressing recoveries are quite impressive as well. Obviously, when they do lose the ball, he's excellent for counter-pressing. So you win the ball in your own half then, and then you can can play on from there. Do do, do you think almost he, he is maybe... Too aggressive sometimes because he did give away a couple of fouls from from yeah. a lot of the games I watched. I was going to to mm-hmm. say that because his aggressivity it's like a positive and negative thing because he can go out and he can steal the ball and then dribble and then shot. <laughs> He's like mm-hmm. very proactive in that search, but then he could sometimes be. Uh, impetuous in the search of the ball so mm-hmm. he can be like more violent and more aggressive and he could make fouls out of the his zone and if if you're playing deep it will be a, a threatening foul because yeah. it, it will be a free kick at the edge of the box and he has uh done fouls at this kind of zones but then playing in a high line this uh, way when counter-attacking teams want to play against you, he will fit definitely jumping and mm-hmm. trying to steal the ball and all that because he has the timing and the reading. He's like a shark. He like smells blood and he goes out. But that sometimes he could be so, so aggressive. And he has to, I think, slow down a bit his tempo. Like he's going with all the power mm-hmm. and all the, the physical attributes he has inside him. So if he gets better on this, like, search of winning the possession in a like okay you can be aggressive but it always like like a middle point of of Mm -hmm. that you have to be aggressive but take care of that like be careful and not create fouls out of the zone and i do i do think that especially with the size how big he is as well physically you can you know a smart center forward will know that if he jumps them from behind, they need to go down and they'll get a foul because just physically the referee will be looking at his size versus a smaller centre forward per se. And they know that if he touches them, they're going down and it's given as a foul. So I think he, you're right with the aggression. He almost needs to, I think he just needs to be more more careful, I suppose. He needs to pick and choose his moments as well because ultimately if you turn over possession and you're trying to counter press and he jumps on you and, and and he fouls you, well then it's wasted because... Yeah. Okay, he stopped the counter attack, but then you either have established possession or you can go long from a free kick into the box. It's not, I, I don't feel it's overly helpful. This could be also the context harming him because if the ball progresses very much through the Verona's midfield, mm-hmm. he has to jump then. And he's playing in a back three, he has more license to go out and all that. So he has to jump, jump, jump because the ball progressed too much through the middle and he has to go aggressively to try and get the ball. So, that could harm him in that search, like to be more aggressive than he has to. But definitely, that this danger is saying like the referees see this kind of beast physically, mm-hmm. and then he's going against a 
short striker, agile striker. The first touch, it's over. It's like a yellow mm -hmm. car because he's too big and yeah. it's kind of when you see him making a foul against a short player, it's like, wow, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's definitely superior to him. Yeah. And in terms of, uh, we kind of touched on earlier when he defends the wide spaces, maybe in a back three, he's not as comfortable. From your perspective as a coach, how would you, how would you look to improve that side? If you, if so, say you're Paketti as the manager and you're looking to improve yeah. that side of Yen's game. How are you, I suppose, looking to improve that? Because you can say maybe he just needs to gain more experience playing there, but yeah. I, I, I feel like okay. Well, what if he what if he keeps doing it and he pro doesn't progress in terms of getting better at defending those wide areas? Yeah, he plays against players like Ademola Lukman, mm -hmm. and he has played against him. And I think it, he conceded a play where it ended up in a goal. Ademola Lukman just picked out the wrong side of him, and he dribbled past him like it was so easy because. Mm -hmm. Lukman is a very a, a dribble player in, in this kind of situations. Mm -hmm. But I think as a manager, you will have to create, if you want to play at a back three with Kian as the wide one uh, over the right, you have to create a system to, if, if he shows obviously this weakness going out to cover the space, you have to create a system behind that covers him. So if the wing back goes, forward it's kind of complicated because Verona wants to attack wants to attack through the right and the midfield like they're progressing too much through the middle and to put a midfielder to cover that space of the fullback will left more space through the middle so I think it's the kind of moment like when you're a manager and you said okay we could change to a back four we could need sign-ins because uh, they are progressing too much through the midfield. And we could look for a wide centre-back and move he into the middle, where I think he could fit uh, way better than, than going out that mm -hmm. wide. So it, it's a situation that you want to attack through the right. You could think of attacking through the left, but the coaches could have his example of why he doesn't want to attack through the mm -hmm. left and he wants through the right and he has to take advantage. advantage of that so it's it's kind of difficult in that situation that Verona are in yeah and just talking about the broader context of his age being 23 for central defenders I feel like it's you know okay maybe 23 you'll know like you, you see Erling Haaland now is younger than that you see Mbappe is <laughs> younger than that you will know you know that they are world-class players for center half or center backs, though, I keep, I keep bringing my Irishes into the <laughs> podcast. Center backs, or if I say center halves, I mean center backs for anyone listening. Center backs, I feel it's more common for them to bloom later in their career. Like you look at Virgil yeah. van Dijk, didn't really become world class until he went to Liverpool. And I think that was at 27, 28, you know. Yeah, 27, 28. Yeah. It, it was around that age, whereas when he was about 23, I think he was either with Celtic or Southampton, yeah. which is, with the full respect to those two teams, you're not. You're not world-class playing for those two sides, you know. So I, I suppose, how do you see, is why I'm asking, the projection of Isaac Keane's career going? And do you think he could, What maybe what age do you think he could reach his fullest potential? And we'll obviously talk in a second about what clubs you maybe feel he could move on to. Yeah, like the the 
thing of the age is very true. Mm-hmm. They are like the goalkeepers, but goalkeepers are much older. <laughs> the the example yeah. are much older than 27, 28, like the age of the center back. And it's like, I think the style of how a center back plays, he's playing at the back, he's passing the ball uh, from the back, he's defending and all that. And then you have the wingers, the center forwards like Haaland and Mbappe, which are growing at that age and they are young and they are rapid and Mm. these kind of things are the things that coaches want on their wingers and center forwards, you know? So then like center backs need experience, mature his body and keep learning about because defending is the, I think personally is the most difficult part of the game. It's technical, it's physical, it's duels. You you are battling with a player which can trash talk to you, so you have to stay down and all that. So it's very difficult to be a center back and more at this uh, football, like they want to be them modern and the strikers are even more modern than them play very short as and i think and as a, just as a center half you constantly need to be switched on because if you're yeah. even when you have the ball even when your team are in possession as we talk about rest defense you know that you need to be close enough to your man that when that ball yeah. is turned over you're ready to jump you don't give away a foul you don't let him in behind that you cover the space in behind if he does go long you're constantly thinking even when you have the yeah. ball about the defensive side of the game and then you have the ball even with the ball at your feet exactly. you're looking at who can i play to if i make this risky pass here will i get turned over because i'm too high up the pitch it's crazy and you're right i do yeah. think either the six or the center half is the probably the even, most difficult position even when you think of talented and promising players that are uh, playing at top teams like liverpool konate mm-hmm. he has things to get better on and i think it's with the age that he's going to be better he's at He's very good indeed. He's very elite and top. And I don't know if world-class because of the age and all that, you know, he has time to grow. But he's going through that uh, time for a player that he has to mature and learn things and all that. Did you bring up Konate? Because 30 seconds ago, he just scored an own goal. Was that pure coincidence? (laughs) That is... That is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. Literally 30 seconds after you brought his name up, okay. Ibrahima Kanate has just scored an on goal for Liverpool to make 2 0 to Brentford. Oh, so, know. as a recording, you know that we're recording on the 2nd of January on a Monday, but still, that is absolutely <laughs> mind blowing. I can't believe that. Um, yeah. Anyway, the last question I'll ask you is <laughs> what clubs do you think would, you know, Isaac Ian's suit the most if he went, or what leagues maybe do you believe he should go to? Should he stick with Hellas Verona? Do you think he could, you know, Serie A is the right place for him right now? Do you think he maybe made the wrong decision? Where would you, where do you see him ending up? I think the best decision for a player at the Alves Khan is to go out to a top five league. That is absolutely uh, correct for me. The Serie A is uh, very good for him in terms of physical, in terms of tactics, mm-hmm. and what the other centre-backs play. I really like him playing at the Serie A. Could be in a better team, like, I don't know, uh, Fiorentina could be a, a good team for him. But then you think of teams like Borussia Dortmund and Bundesliga. I really like him at the Bundesliga. Could be a good fit there to grow and to mature mm-hmm. his weakness and his positives. I think the three leagues I see him fit the most is uh, France, Spain, and Bundesliga. Apart from the Serie A, because we have talked like 
he fits there. Apart from the Serie A, these three leagues, I think he fits very well. La Liga, um, besides La Liga doesn't play, like much teams doesn't play with a high line, and that's maybe the way I want to see him. But then if you look at France or Germany, he could definitely play at very good teams there, and it's, he's fast. He could be playing on a, a, a like rapid transitions. He's very good covering depth and all that. So this kind of physical and fast leagues like uh, France that have very fast strikers and all that, the Bundesliga that is collectively very direct in his approach and all that. So I definitely see him uh, fit into these kind of leagues. And I, I told you before, Nice, he could be a yeah. very good player there because Dante is like, I, I think he's three, uh, 39 years old. So he's aging. He's still playing. He's going, yeah, he's still playing. Oh it's crazy. So he could be a very good player to replace him. Very, very good. And I really like the player, the league, uh, and all that. He, he, I think he's a player for the top five leagues in, in mm. Europe. I agree. And I think just my final thoughts that from looking at his date and analyzing Isaac Ian before we started the podcast was that when you sent me uh, data visuals, he had 10 penetrating carries inside the penalty area which i thought was pretty amazing for a central defender so i, I was i was very impressed with that uh Bryant, thank you so much for joining me today and to the listeners at home i hope you enjoyed this episode of tfa scouted make sure to tune back in on friday as we look at our picks for top the top players and coaches to watch out for in 2023 in correlation with the latest tfa magazine please leave a rating on the podcast it really helps us to reach a wider audience which is all we're trying to achieve here at tfa thank you all for listening and goodbye for now.